Hey everyone, welcome to the Inside Out Podcast, episode 64 today. Didn't even have to look at my phone that time to find out what episode we are on, because I know this is episode 64. Um, Here's what I want to do today. I want to determine, Brent, what kind of Christian you are. And so I guess I could rely on, you know, having known you for 10 years, having worked closely with you, having seen you in, you know, both your personal and professional life. I could rely on all that, but I'm not going to. I'm going to You cons- didn't know me before I was b- before I was a Christian. You did not know me then. Yeah. I didn't ask what kind of person were you before you were a Christian. Oh. I want to know what kind of Christian you are. Okay. So I want I want to just kind of discard all my experience with you and just rely on an internet quiz. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, this is from a website called beliefnet.com. So it sounds pretty... Are you recommending this website? website? <laughs> um, having read the this quiz once before? Okay. No, I'm not. Okay. So I'm glad you gave the address. So, <laughs> there's, there's literally at least hundreds, if not several thousand people of our vast listening audience going to this yep. website right now. Yep. If BeliefNet oh. gets a massive spike in traffic, then it's, it's We know why. Me. Yeah. 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 Um, so I'm going to ask you a couple questions about your faith and how you answer is going to determine just what type of Christian you are. Okay. So you're going to put me on the spot as usual. Multiple choice. But that means I'm going to put you on the spot at the end of this quiz and you're going to have to get an answer right then. Okay. And our our audience is going to know at that moment just how savvy you are with regard to U.S. history. Okay. All right. You ready? Yes. <clears throat> the Bible is blank. Read the read the options. Here. Okay. The Bible is a flawless, timeless, authoritative record of God's will and plan for humankind. God's love letter to us, full of inspiration and tools for our daily lives. <laughs> I think in a lot of these cases, none of these answers are going to be right, so you're in trouble. The third one, an anthology that traditional Christianity deems authoritative, but that is rooted in complex cultural circumstances and requires careful, ongoing interpretation. Flawless, timeless, authoritative. Okay, I got it. Okay, 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 I got it. So it's A, B, or C. I was waiting for D. Yeah. There's just A, B, or C. I don't even want to read D. Oh, there is a D? It's a contradictory and often racist, misogynist, and violent book that has done at least as much harm as good. Wow. They're, they just get worse as you go down. <laughs> it's definitely A, so I am that kind of Christian. Okay. Okay. Uh, the next one. Historical portions of the Old Testament are history, plain and simple, reliable, but that's not what's most important about them. What's most important is how the stories communicate God's plan for our lives. Thirdly, a mixture of history and myth. Through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the church has deemed them authoritative and useful for moral and scriptural instruction. B. Okay. They are historically accurate, but they are... God is communicating those things for the purpose of helping us understand his redemptive plan... And even how we fit into it. 
1 Corinthians 10 proves that. Okay. All right. Do you have a different answer on that one? Curious. No. I, like Some of these are not always great because it says what's important is how the stories communicate God's plan for our lives. Stressing our lives? Yeah, so yeah. the language there would be... Yeah. I'd but have a but that's why with, I went that's... to 1 Corinthians 10, right? These things are written down as an example. Right. Referring back to the Old Testament historical um, narratives. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I agree. I would say it differently than they said, but of those three answers, B is the most accurate answer. Okay. For all sane people who love God and are following Jesus. Okay. Number four, I became a Christian when I realized I was a sinner and in need of God's saving grace, made available through Jesus' death on the cross. When I found out God had a wonderful plan for my life. Is this all still mm. A? Or no, you... that's B. <laughs> you didn't tell me that. I'm like, wow, that's a long Sorry. answer. Okay, B. what was A? <laughs> A was, I realized I was a sinner and in need of God's saving grace made available through Jesus' death on the cross. Okay. B, I found out God had a wonderful plan for my life. C, I identified with Jesus' message about the kingdom of God. Wow. All three of those are written in a loose way. It's A. The right answer is A. It's not just an opinionated answer. It's A, but... You want to say, well, how exactly did you realize that? How mm-hmm. did I realize that this was th- a th- the thing, right? Yeah. The Spirit of God brought me from death to life, yeah. right? By grace through faith. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So we could, we're going to, I'm not going to just answer these. I have to teach through them. <laughs> how, many of, how many questions are there? I think um, our audience is probably like. There's, there's quite a few. <laughs> Okay, but there's really just two more, right? Uh, there's only two more. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very... Okay, okay. okay this ahead. is applicable to what we're going through now. Which statement describes your view of Jesus' parables? They are often intentionally obscure stories meant to provoke the listener and describe the m- mysterious kingdom of God. They are uplifting stories that tell us how to live our lives every day. They are sermons that help us see ourselves as sinners in need of God's saving grace. Wow. It's A and C. Okay. Right? They're often purposefully obscure for the sake of who's the audience, right? Wow. That's an interesting one. There's an inside track to that question. Okay. So I would say A and C. What do you say on that one? It's so hard because the way these are phrased. Yeah. I would never, so uh, there's generic. not one answer in these, in this quiz that I would ascribe to entirely yet. Okay. Just because of the way they word them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whoever, whoever wrote the quiz is certainly not a theologian. No. Yeah. Clearly okay. not. This is why I consulted the internet because it's um, <laughs> super handy. Okay. A is, you know, it, the answer is this meant to provoke the listener and yes. describe kind of the mysteries of the kingdom of yes. God, and that at least echoes some of our Matthew language. Um, but it's it's more than that, right? It's so, so you, you're going with C. A and C. A and C. Yeah. Okay. It's a compilation, but neither one of those answers is quite what you want it to say. Okay. It's not B. Definitely not B. Okay. Okay, this is the last question. 
Jesus was executed, A, as a political revolutionary, B, for blasphemy because he called himself the Son of God, C, because he had to be in fulfillment of prophecy and God's plan for humankind. Yeah, C, but B is also true. Okay. So, C, are you ready? What kind of a Christian am I? Oh, we're going to get a result here? We're going to get a result Okay. on what kind of Christian you are. But I have to ask one more. Okay. My favorite translation of the Bible is dot, dot, dot. The Latin Vulgate. Are you sure on that? No. <laughs> um, the ESV. Okay. That's on here. I figured. Uh, not the King James Version. Nope. Which is incredibly challenging to read, by the way. Mm. That's just a, just a heads up. If yeah. you ever switch to the King James Version on I, Sunday morning. I, I started with the King James Version. That's all I had. Actually, I take that back. I had a New American Standard Bible. Then I got to King James, and I spent the first couple of years of ministry trying to use the King James. Then I had this incredible enlightened moment where I got an NIV Bible, and my sermons got shorter because I didn't have to spend 20 minutes trying to describe what the words meant to the students that I was a youth pastor for. Yeah. Okay, so what kind of a Christian am I? Well, your result is in. You are a Billy Graham Christian. Whoa, I'll take that apparently. as a compliment. Yes. A Billy Graham Christian. What are some of the other yes. Christians? Well, a you're Billy Graham Christian. held together by classic evangelical theology, mm. including a high view of Scripture. Yes. And an emphasis on the atonement of Christ. Boy. So. There's no other actual, there is actually no other kind of Christian. That's, that's a pretty... Pretty good place to be. <laughs> and the kind Billy Graham generic. Christian is also highly opinionated. I'm a Billy Graham Christian. That's yeah. a, a pretty wide umbrella. Yep. I don't know what the other kind of Christians are. You have to answer you have to answer this quiz falsely to find out what they are. Yeah. I think that there's a Joel Osteen Christian. So Stop I'm, it. For your sake, I'm glad you didn't land there. That would have been not good we'd for have, if if we'd have landed there, I would have Never mind. You'd have gone after beliefnet.com. <laughs> okay, I'm yeah. supposed to answer something. I'm ready for it. Okay, this is to test. How did I say that? Uh, just how savvy you are with regard to U.S. history. Yes. So, you said this is episode 64. Mm -hmm. That made me think of 1964. What do you think is the name of the prominent act that the United States Congress passed in 1964. Are you serious? 100% serious. How am I supposed to know? That? That's like the most obscure question no, ever. No, it's not. I don't have a degree in political sciences or anything. Okay. <laughs> Let's Are you going to give a guess? Come on, you well, should the, know this. The biggest Think one about that, what's going on in America in 1960, in the 1960s. The biggest one that comes to mind is Roe v. Wade, but that's uh, no, not that's 1964. Later, right? Civil rights? Of course it's the Civil Rights Act. Think about what's going on in America in the 1960s. Yeah. The riots and all of the craziness. Vietnam is just getting started. The Beatles well, took America by storm. But wasn't, that was, I, I was close. It was a sexual you revolution got, in the 60s, you, wasn't you got it? it? it was... You got it right. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 was signed into law. Wow. Yeah. That's so this is episode 64, and we're recording okay. this basically in honor of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, because okay. there's a lot of good stuff in there. 
Hey, well, this past Sunday night, we took 21 people through our membership class, and every single round of membership, it is, it's just incredible to see the diversity of the body of Christ on display. I mean, we have people who uh, have been a part of the faith for years and years and years coming from other churches. We have people who are new believers who have um, repented of their sin and believed in Jesus mere weeks ago, really. Um, And ages and stages and places in life and people with young kids and people who are retired. And so it's just, for me, it's so cool to get to see that and and this past Sunday night was no different in seeing these people come together. What, what was your highlight from that from that night? Um, I think it was probably the diversity. Um, there's people that were there that are new in the area. They've moved to the area. They checked us out online uh, for a number of months before donning the physical doors, which is normal now. Yep. And I I like I, that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. I'd want to look at the a church's. Um, you know, uh, internet footprint, look at their social media, read their website uh, content, and before I would ever come and attend a gathering. But so we have people that are, they're like already feeling like they're a part of the church before they've actually been in uh, physically in a gathering. That's pretty cool. And I can think of a couple of people that were there that were, that were literally brand new believers just a handful of weeks ago. Yeah. And so that's exciting that they're progressing. You know, we talk about, Michael, you know this, we talk about in that class, the route to gospel partnership. And uh, this is kind of a simple metaphor that we made up that is kind of a, an explanation of kind of what does the Bible lay out for, of, of a pattern for kind of steps uh, in maturity or steps in prog- progressing in our, in our faith and our walk with Christ. And, of course, the first one is just, is just to... to um, receive God's gift. Your salvation is a gift from God. You receive that. That's a long, that's like starts the route out and um, maybe the starting line. And then, of course, we talk about affirming your faith. That's kind of the next thing there. And, and that we affirm our faith. In the scriptures, we see we affirm our faith in uh, water baptism, saying, I belong to God. I belong to Jesus. I belong to the family of God. Uh, water, baptism, ba- water baptism is that. And then also affirm your faith through membership, church membership. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is to own the vision where, you know, we're, we're taking steps toward um, um, being a true gospel partner in giving and in serving, et cetera. So um, the membership, though, that's pretty, yeah, it was really cool to just see the diversity of people. It, we had a, one family, they've been a part of City Point Church like an integral part of City Point Church for seven years now, yep. and but they weren't yet members. And so they're like, it's about time. <laughs> they said that. We right. didn't say that. They said that. And I'm like, I agree with that. So, And they're dear friends, too. And so I love it. Like, you got brand new believers. you got people coming in from out of the area. You've got people that are already deeply involved in the church but know that this is a step they should have taken a while yeah, ago, right. and now they're doing it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, good for them. And... Uh, yeah, so it's, it's just wonderful. Yeah, it's really a, a cool group of people. Yeah, I talked to a family that was present that night, and they they were one of those people who, who were around online for a long time before attending in person. Mm-hmm. And it is what you said is really interesting how that that's been the new front door for a while now, but even more so since 2020, we're seeing more and more people come to us through kind of the online platform, but 
they said what was they they loved the teaching um they they were just enjoying that so much and when they came to the building it was it was the atmosphere and the people that really put it over the top yeah and so that's that's so cool that that when people are coming into our building uh, the people who are a part of the family of god here in our local church are are just going above and beyond for for new guests and when i say that i just mean when you when when you say hi to somebody you don't know, you have no idea what that's like. Or maybe you do. Maybe you were in that spot. And just, just going out of your way to introduce yourself to somebody um, is, makes a big, big deal, even though um, we don't always think that way. But, but, so that was really cool to see for me in that membership class. But you mentioned, Brent, the route to gospel partnership. Yeah. Um, and those, those three steps of, of receive God's gift, affirm your faith, and then own the vision— membership is under affirming your faith. Yes. Can you maybe shed some light on that as to why, why does it matter that I'm a member of, of a local church? Good. Yeah. So maybe some light I could shed in this way. We know that when a person becomes a follower of Christ, they've received Christ Jesus, the Lord, they're welcomed into the family of God. Um, and, and that is uh, like, we talk about the universal church. They're welcomed into the universal church. Um, and even as I said on Sunday evening, there is a, there's, it's true that we are brothers and sisters together with believers who are in mainland China. Mm-hmm. But the thought of having any sort of real, actual fellowship relationship with them would be at best a pipe dream. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's true that we are family with them, but we don't know that family, that part of the family. But we are supposed to know the family and be known in the family. And so I think a couple of reasons uh, for the, the, the necessity of the local church being the expression of what the universal church is in a particular area People who live in close proximity, who come together for the mission of Christ, which includes the building up of the body of Christ, the spreading of the gospel, as we say it, living the gospel with those inside the family, bringing the gospel to those outside the family, because we know in that God grows his family. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think one of the reasons that we would say uh, it matters to be a member of the church is because it recognizes that the church matters. So when we read the letters that were written um, by particularly the Apostle Paul, um, but, but you know Peter, John, others as well, who wrote these inspired letters, um, they're addressed to the church, mm-hmm. not to individual Christians. They're addressed to the church. A body of believers who belonged to one another received those letters from whoever the author was, which, you know, whichever apostle was writing that letter to the church of the Thessalonians, right? So here's a group of people who live in Thessalonica who have come together in a local congregation. They're, they're receiving a letter. It was read to them corporately, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't get individual copies of it. Right. It was read to them corporately, and they were to respond to it corporately. And so there's something, uh, there's something to be said about that, that the letters were written to churches, not to individual Christians. And that isn't to say that individual Christians aren't to make specific and personal application, but we just have to recognize that these, are, these aren't um, 
these are these are letters written to a, a body of people. Here's mm -hmm. another reason I think that it's important to recognize the um, the the uh, the local church, the value of the local church. When you read through the New Testament, all of the all of the metaphors. So there's a number of different metaphors. Uh, the idea of a family is a metaphor. The idea of sheep and uh, sheep and shepherd is a metaphor. The army of God is a metaphor. Mm -hmm. The um, what's another one? The body of Christ. That's a huge one. The body of Christ is a metaphor. Um, and all of those metaphors speak of togetherness, mm -hmm. thoughtful togetherness that is ordered and purposeful. It's not just this abstract group of random a random crowd of people it's all of the members forming one body it's all of the sheep being cared for by the one shepherd it's the family of god in its ordered sense right it's all yep. of those things i think that's really important and um, and i don't want to reiterate things that we talked about in that class so much but here's one that maybe i'll end with and uh, so right now uh, for those who are listening who are part of our, our regular rhythm and part of City Point Church, you know that we're um, in this sub-series in Matthew's Gospel called The End is Near. It's, and it's Jesus teaching about his own return. And so we're in Matthew 25 right now. And, um, and at some point, Jesus is coming back. And that eschatological timeline, that end times timeline is going to unfold and um, and at some point in that timeline the Bible says that God is going that the that everything that exists is going to be um, brought to an end first uh, Peter talks about that second Peter talks about mm -hmm. that and um, and it, it, with one exception everything let's say it like this every entity that exists on planet earth, at some point is going to come to an end, except for one thing, one entity, and that's the church. Yeah. The church is the only thing that's going to survive this world in its present state. The earth is going to be made new. There's going to be a new heavens and a new earth, and the church will be a part of that new heavens and new earth. But the church that's part of the new heavens and the new earth is actually the church that is a part of this world here and now. And, and it's made up of all these local congregations. And, um, and so the fact that that one entity, I don't want to call it an institution, that mm -hmm. feels too cold, but you think of every business that is existing right now, every worldly political government that is in place right now, all of the things that you could think of, every other nonprofit organization, right? All these other things that are, uh, that are you know, existing on, on planet Earth right now, they will at one point cease to exist. The church will never cease to exist. The church is going to make its way out of this world, and it's then going to be a part of the new world, the new heavens and the new earth. Yeah. I think that's a reason to be a member of the church. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not just to say, I belong to Jesus, I'm a follower of Jesus, and therefore kind of this um, nebulous part of a bigger universal church which again is true and it's important but unless it finds its expression in the local setting where where we're shoulder to shoulder face to face working together known uh, being known being transparent laboring serving crying 
rejoicing with those who are rejoicing, weeping with those who are weeping, honoring one another as we would honor, you know, in honor to Christ, holding one another accountable. All of those things, um, all of those things are, are important parts of the, what it means to belong to the local yeah. church. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. I was thinking about, I was thinking about a good analogy, a modern day analogy for church membership. And it, it's, it's, it's hard to find a, a, a perfect one. They all seem to fall short um, in some way, shape, or form. But I was thinking of how we are so used to loose affiliations these days. With Like if we were to get out our wallets and just dump out the contents, you have, you have stamp cards to coffee places. You have rewards cards to, to different grocery stores. Sure. And, um, it, you know, uh, gift cards to some place or, or whatnot. And, you know, memberships to... A gym, maybe potentially, and all these different kind of loose affiliations that church membership. When we, when we say as a member, you're accountable uh, to the leadership of the church. Um, that feels like a, like a, a different level than than we're used to necessarily. But but conversely, when we bring people into membership, we're not just asking them to be accountable to us. We're asking them to keep the leaders of the church accountable as well. That's part of their role and part of the roles that we spell out uh, for them on a Sunday night during our membership class. And yeah. so it's a, it's, it's a wonderful thing uh, to be a part of. And it was a great class. And, and certainly that's such a good reminder that you said, kind of calling back to our End is Near series, that the church is the only thing that will last. And I, mean, I love the church. I know you do too. Yeah. But I love the church. I've been kicked in the mouth a couple of times by it. Yeah. <laughs> or by yeah. people in it. But that's, this you know, wouldn't you expect that over the course of a number of years? Yeah. But overall, my experience has been incredibly positive. And, um, and I certainly am grateful to God. And I know we've, we express this regularly. Um, and I think everybody on our staff does. Super glad to be a part of City Point Church, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Love to share life with people, weep together, rejoice together, serve together. All of those things are just critical. We have a good time. Yeah. You know? We do. Yeah. We do. And it's a, it's a, a special time to be a part of City Point and just looking forward to what God is, is doing and continues to do. So with that, this Sunday, continuing in Matthew 25, Jordan Paris is going to be in the pulpit with um, just almost we're getting close to the end of the end is near so the end is near the end is almost here is what's taking place so we look forward to seeing you this sunday at 10 a.m as we gather as the church